2: Everybody, I'm so glad you're here tonight. Um, What I've done tonight is I've asked four of our leaders a simple question. What is God teaching you? What is God teaching you in this season? And I've watched over the last few weeks as they've prepared, and uh, I'm excited for what it's going to mean for us tonight. Uh, they've got about five to seven minutes each. And I'm, I'm believing that when we're done with this, there's going to be quite a few of us. That In the time that we've designated for prayer, you're going to need to come forward and ask somebody to help you with something and pray for you. So tonight, I'm going to welcome uh, my first very good We've been friends since we were kids. Our children's pastor, Lindsay Tool, would y'all welcome her?
3: Well, I'm just gonna throw it out throw it out there to start with that standing up here tonight, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And I'm I'm not feeling uncomfortable just because I'm standing here in front of you. Um that's one thing, but the other thing is that um when Pastor Kevin asked for me to speak about something that God was teaching me, it was a really pretty quick answer as to what I would be talking about. But then, as this week has unfolded and the, the life that we're living has unfolded, I'm in the middle of the mess that I wanted to encourage you with tonight. So um, Erica, though, a few weeks ago reminded us in her message that if we're not willing to share the mess, then we're not ever going to have the opportunity to share the message. So let's get right into it. Um, We're going to start in the Gospel of Luke. We're going to meet two sisters, Mary and Martha. Um, Jesus was on his way to their house. And I'm I'm imagining that Martha is like the hostess with the mostest, and she is like working tirelessly. I mean Jesus is coming to her house she's going to make sure that it is ready for him but in that I'm I'm picturing this that Jesus she walks in the living room and Jesus is sitting on the couch and Mary's sitting on the floor just hanging out but in that moment Martha goes to Jesus and she's like Jesus she's not even helping me not don't you see a problem with this tell her she needs to come and help me and in that moment, Jesus, he, he says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about all the little things, but only a few things are needed. Actually, only one thing is needed. See, Martha was missing the point in that moment while Mary was resting in the presence of Jesus. Martha was missing out, worrying about all the other things. And that brings us to Today. Because I'm going to admit that I've been Martha. Um, now, I'll say that in the last year we've entered as a family into a season of lots of first and lots of last. It's been busy. Our oldest is graduating in two days. Our youngest is finishing kindergarten, and we're all in between. Y'all, life is busy. We've had driver's ed. We've had college decisions. We've had all the things, and to be honest, that's not uncommon to what our life has looked like over the last 18 years as being parents, but I will tell you that in this season there's been something that's been a little bit different. It's been hard, and I've seriously asked myself, I don't know if I can do one more thing, but the problem is I don't feel like I'm giving 100% to anyone or anything that I'm currently doing, and I don't know if that sounds familiar to anyone, um, for me, it's been really hard to admit, but I've been caught up in all the things and literally forgetting that Jesus and, and forgetting to bring Jesus along the way with me. And when you do that, I'm going to tell you, it leaves you broken. It leaves you exhausted, and it leaves you honestly overwhelmed. And And my point for that in today and my message is that we don't allow the things In your life to distract you from the most important thing. The most important thing is Jesus. And we need to invite Jesus into all of the things. Meaning the work stress. The rough mornings with our kids. The late lunch bill that I just paid that was $150. Like y'all you got to invite Jesus into all of that. Because when you forget to bring him into all of that. It leaves you in that place that I keep finding myself in. But what's good about it is that the Bible brings us to a point that can help us. And that's where we want to land today. So we're going to go to Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6. It's a verse that many of you have probably heard. But we're going to break it down tonight and really um, give you some practical advice on how we can prevent ourselves from finding uh, us to have a little bit of that Martha spirit. Um, But here we go. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean lean not on your own understanding and all the ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. So at the very beginning it says trust in the Lord with all your heart sounds easy right but is it is it a one-time decision yeah we're going to trust God I mean no it's something that we have to discipline ourselves each and every day to trust fully in him and not just with part of ourself but with all of ourself and as the verse continues it says lean not on your own understanding see to lean on something means that you're expecting it to hold you up and if we expect to go through life, leaning on our own self, it's going to let us fall. So we have to lean into the firm rock that our God is that will not let us fall down. And then as it continues on, it's in all our ways we submit to Him. See, not just on Sunday mornings, not just when we pray for our dinner, but in every single part of our lives. There's something that I've done that's been super helpful for me. I forget it very often, but before your feet hit the floor every morning, I encourage you to ask God into your heart and to ask him to help guide you in the day because we're going to have to learn and we're learning that we have to trust God when we need to say no to certain things. So that we can say yes to the better things. And as this verse closes, there's a promise that if we can trust him with all of our heart. And if we can lean in him in all the ways. And seek his will for our lives, not just ours. He will show us the way. And I kind of look at this verse and wrap it all up. And the call to action for you today is that we need to let go. And trust God. I mean, I can tell you in this season that I can try to manage. I got this right. I can try to manage it. I can try to do all the things. or I can trust God with it. But I know that I can't do do both. So tonight, as I wrap up, I just want you to remember this and be encouraged that if you're in a place today that you need to let go and surrender something to God. We are going to be here
2: to pray for you. For Lindsay. I love that verse. That's probably my favorite Bible verse. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Lean not on your own understanding. Like Lindsay said, if there's something that you've been feeling caught up, and you just need somebody to speak to it tonight. We're going to be praying after we get done. Next up, I want to invite John Mikesell. Um, John uh, serves as our campus pastor here at our downtown location overseas. All of uh, the video production and all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. John's been here since Dagum day one. So um, we we are so thankful for him. He is such a great friend. And I'm excited about hearing from him.
1: So y'all give it up for John. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. So in this past season, honestly, when I look back to see what God's been teaching me, it goes back many seasons. It goes back about 15 years. And what I want you guys to know tonight is I want you to cherish God's blessing in every season. In every season in your life, God has a blessing for you if you're willing to look for it. And we've all been around long enough to know that there are seasons that are really easy. But there are seasons that are a lot more challenging. They take a lot more work. But we only have each season one time. We can't go back and redo that season. We have seasons in our lives. As we've grown up, we've been kids and we go into high school. And then we get out into the workforce. And then we get married. And then we have seasons with our spouse. We have that honeymoon phase, but then we have kids, and then maybe some of you in here may be the empty nesters after your kids have grown up, but then you have seasons in your kid's life. You have seasons as you hold that newborn, and as they grow through their seasons, and I want to remind you guys tonight to not waste those seasons, because they're precious, and God has something for you in those seasons, and that was a a lesson that I struggled with 15 years ago when Colton was born, my oldest, our first kid. I was young. I was in my 20s. We'd been married just a couple years. We had just moved down here from Indiana. It was still close enough that I was still really close with my college buddies. Yes, I played a lot of video games. That took a lot of my time. I was working in Salisbury. I was driving back and forth. And as much as you guys know, I like softball now. I loved softball back then. And when he was born, there was a lot of days that I would wake up and I would go to work. And I would get done and I'd go to the softball field. And I'd get home and I'd play video games. And I would go days where I wouldn't even really spend time with my son. Those are days I can't get back. But there's lessons I can learn in that. And after a while, I finally realized that that wasn't working. And it's funny because this week as I was preparing for this talk, I came across a video of Mr. Rogers, of all people. We all love Mr. Rogers. And he was asked this question about what mistakes can parents make. And he said one of the biggest mistakes that we can make as parents is that we forget our childhood, that we forget what it was like to be a kid, to enjoy those moments just in that pure fun of what it was. But we also forget those moments of struggle. And we don't have that wisdom and that maturity that we have as we get older. And we can get upset with our kids sometimes, but not remembering what it was like to be a kid, to not know the things that we know now. And it can be a struggle if we don't look at that. And maybe for some of us in the room, maybe your childhood wasn't the best growing up. But as you're raising kids, you can recreate those moments and you can make it enjoyable for your kids if you allow God to pour a blessing into that season with your kids. And even once I realized this, it was a process. It's still a process 15 years later. I still don't get it right, I promise you. Just ask my kids. I still get it wrong. But I want you guys to value each stage of the life that your kids are going through. And what I was able to to use as God was able to teach me through that was that each stage there was something I could teach my kids. I could teach them about life. As we get older now, Cole and I love to hike. He's wearing me out because we're hiking all the time. But it gives us time to be able to have conversation. Cameron, my daughter, we... We go out on the softball field a lot. and We travel to go see softball games. It gives us time to be able to have conversation. I can teach them about life. I can teach them about skills that they're going to need as they get older. But more importantly, I can teach them about the love of Jesus. If I'm willing to use that time to spend with my kids. And each year for me, I want to work harder to be a better person, to be a better husband, and to be a better father. And a scripture I want to point you guys today is in Malachi 4.6, and it says this. It says, his preaching will turn their hearts of fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers. And as I read that scripture, it broke me. As a father, it is my responsibility first to love my kids, to show them what it means to love. And in response, as they see that love, they respond back in love. But more importantly, we have a Heavenly Father that loves us, that has shown us that love first, and that we need to respond back with the love that He has given us. And like I said earlier, I haven't always got this right. I still don't get this right every time, but I'm working to continue to get better at that. And right now, I'm trying to use these lessons when I mess up to, one, be willing to say I'm sorry, and two, be able to sit down with my kids, to have a conversation, to teach them the lessons that I'm learning in the process. To continue to help me and eventually help them. And at this stage in their life is when it's the most influential and most informative years. I've got a sixth grader who will just finishing up sixth grade and one finishing up ninth grade. Right now, both in the student ministry. In those years where it's so important and so valuable that I spend time with them as their father. But I've also realized that I can't do this alone, that I, I need my spouse to be able to be there, to lean on, to have a conversation with, to support me, and to help guide me as we lead our kids. I'm reminded that I need my friends to help me, because my friends also have influence in my kids' life, so I've got to be careful who I choose for my kids to be around, but I, I won't choose to be around friends that are there, that are loving and supporting and can be there. And also my relationship with Jesus is so important as I lead my kids. All of my relationships that I have have an impact on my relationship with my kids. And we're all going to go through seasons that are painful. And as Pastor Kevin has said before, he said, don't waste your pain. Don't waste your pain. There's no pain that we endure that God doesn't tend to give us a good gift through the pain. And the good gift that I have gained through the pain is a better relationship with my kids. And it may be a difficult season for you right now. But cherish the fact that God will give you something good in this season if you allow him to do that. But remember that it's only a season. We only get that season once, but it is only for a season. So today, my call to prayer to you guys tonight is I just want to ask you, are you struggling in a season that's causing you to miss the blessing that God is calling to give you? Is there something in your life that you're struggling, that you're focused more on the struggle than you are on the blessing that God wants to so desperately give you? Thank you.
2: Give it up for John. Thank you, John. That line, you only go through seasons once. It's important to remember. Sometimes we, we despise the season that we're in. There will never be a season in your life that God hasn't predecided a good gift to give you. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how challenging it is. It's good, Johnny. Um, next up is, I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm a little biased my favorite speaker we have tonight um, I've spent more time with her than the other ones Hope so. <laughs> and uh, other things it's my wife amanda um she's i don't have to say it i mean she's amazing um and and really has been uh i Anytime I get a chance to honor her and say this, I want to. There'd be no Vortex Church if it wasn't for her. Um, While she doesn't serve on staff and for many years didn't speak, served in kids' ministry quietly, never leading, never forcing people to do anything, never asserting her opinion, um, just simply serving in the background. If it wasn't for her serving me at home, um, her... Being in unity with me when God had called me to come back here. And it was something we lived out together. And um, there would be no vortex if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't be where I am without her. So, Um, would you give it up for my wife, Amanda?
4: He is uh, way too kind, way too kind, because I, I'm telling you, he has been such an amazing leader for me, um, and I'm not that easy to lead. You can ask him. Uh, he may not tell you because he's too kind, but uh, but I'm not the easiest to lead, um, but he has not given up on me and does a great job being just who he is. Um, so I want to start off with just a little story. Um, it's not really much of a story, but it was um, this week. We got to, or this weekend, we got gifted the opportunity to have a date night. Um, We've been trying to celebrate our anniversary multiple times, and finally we got uh well enough that we could do that but if if any of you have kids you know how like if you get some time together you try to make the most of it you're either fighting a lot or you're making the most of it it's one or the other <laughs> if you're in a relationship you get it so um like this was one of those weekends like we were just trying to make the most of it we were gifted that but uh, gina watched our kids and um we were just so excited and in the morning uh, kevin's like hey let's go up tomorrow mountain let's just uh Let's get Starbucks and Chick-fil-A, or as he calls it, Starclucks, and uh, (laughs) let's go have some breakfast on the mountain. And so we got up there, and while we were eating, we were just kind of looking out, and we saw, like, all the water towers, and we're trying to make sense of what we're seeing. And um, we couldn't pick out which one was Albemarle's water tower. It was kind of trying to figure that out. And then we noticed that, like, all the trees pretty much cover the – all the houses, and I I felt like the Lord was like, Amanda, isn't this kind of like life where you can't decipher where I am and who I am because of the distraction of what's going on in your life, and, um, like, I, I know that, like, when we get, when you get up close to the water tower, you know, in Albemarle, like, there is no doubt that that's what it is, like, when you see it, you're just like, obviously, it's the water tower, But when you get that far distance away, it's really hard to make sense of what that is. You know, it looks like a water tower, but which one is it? You know, that kind of thing. Um, And I just felt like the Lord kind of put on my heart. He was like, Amanda, I love you. And there's some times that you don't really embrace that love. And it's not because it's not there. It's more because you've got all the other stuff going on. That you can't see or hear me. And I'm not going to lie. Like, that's little, like, a little, uh, shakes me up a little bit. Because I'm like, that shouldn't be a problem for me. I should be able to see Jesus. I should be able to hear from him. But there's been seasons where when I, like, I don't know. Like, Millions of you said it best. Like, when, when we get busy, we got all kinds of stuff going on that are pulling us in every different direction. And many times I will just kind of lean on a Netflix, right, and lean on um, a good book or something to distract me from what I'm going, what's going on in my life. And then I'm wondering the next day, why can't I hear from you, Lord? Why can't I see you? I'm going through this pain and I'm going through this difficulty today and I don't see you or hear you. And he's like, I'm right here, I'm right here you know? And so like, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how important it is to remain in him as how important it is to stay close to him. And in the story of Elijah, Elijah can't decipher where, where he's going to hear the voice of the Lord. And he thinks it's going to be in some kind of big event, but it comes in a whisper and you can't hear a whisper unless you're really close. And I think sometimes that we miss the mark where we miss where seeing where God is in the middle of something. In fact, most of the time when I'm going through seasons of pain, I can't see him because all I can see is the pain. And when I go through like times with the enemy, all I see is the enemy attacking, but I don't see God who is providing and God who is putting a shelter over me. And so... I want to use this verse to kind of talk about that a little bit and just leave you with something. So on John 15, 4 through 5, it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. If you are maybe going through a moment like me where you kind of get so busy and so distracted that maybe you're not seeing or hearing from the Lord like you wish you were. But maybe it's that you are up high on this mountain and he's so far away because you haven't put yourself close to him. You haven't given him the space or the time that he needs to be able to for you to feel and sense and and hear his love for you. I know there's seasons that I've, I've shared with you guys before that I've went through seasons of depression where, I don't feel his love, but feeling is that. It's just a feeling and it's temporary and isn't everything on earth temporary? So doesn't it make sense for us to put in place like something to to centralize Jesus because he's permanent. He is something that is not temporary. And so so many times I do put my my focus on the temporary and not the permanent. And so I want to leave you with this point. To see and hear from him, we must remain in him. We must be remain in him and draw close to him. I don't know about you, but like I'm sure that there's plenty of distractions going on in your life. There's plenty going on in my life. But if I can uh, just tell you to pray about something is what are the distractions that I need to get out of my life so that God can be central in my life. So pray that um, maybe when we're praying today, I also would charge you with thinking, okay, well, maybe I don't have a lot of distractions, but I'm not hearing or seeing from the Lord. Well, maybe there's a step that you need to take, or maybe there's a, a moment that you need to have with the Lord because you need to draw closer to Him, and maybe He just seems distant, but He's only distant because you made Him distant. So we have got to put Him at the center. So if I just ask you to just, when you pray today, Think about what can I do to draw closer to Him? What can I do to rid myself of the distraction so that I can see the message in the mess, that I can see something within the pain, that I can see something in the distraction, that it's not the enemy that I'm seeing, but God's provision that I'm seeing.
2: Y'all give it up. That was good. That was good. You know, I mean, when you're talking to your kids in the backyard... And then when you're talking to them at the dinner table, and then when you're talking to them, when you're tucking them in and they're asleep, you talk different, don't you? You yell outside in the backyard, but when you're tucking them in, you whisper because you're close. And sometimes we're just not close enough to hear. And you know, that I mean, that's something that for some of you, you need to hear from God. And today, maybe you need to pray in just a little bit and say, hey God, would you, would you show me the step that I need to take towards you? It would be good. Next up today, we, we have Brian Barker. Brian has served doing a thousand things around our church, um, currently leading missions. And uh, we're, we're so thankful for Brian. Brian is a, a ton of, of fun. I mean, just to be honest with you, he is one of, my, he's one of my favorite people to hang out with. He is. But he's also one of the most intentional people I've ever met in my entire life. And we are so blessed as a church to have him as a part of this team in speaking to us tonight. Would you give Brian a hand?
0: Thank you. Oh, a ton of fun. You know I've been dieting, and here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Ton of fun. I also learned that um, while Amanda is Pastor Kevin's favorite, I realized when he said I was going to have to go behind her, I was no longer your favorite. Like, nobody wants to go behind Amanda. She's so powerful when she speaks, and these talks have just been so great tonight. Um, It's truly just an honor to be able to share the stage with them and Have Pastor Kevin invite us all up here to share some stuff with you. And I kind of relate with uh, Lindsay, wherever she's at. Uh, Pastor Kevin asked me to speak, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. This will be good. It'll be good. I went home, I opened up my Bible, and God was like, no, we're not going to take that route. Like, we're going to get nasty with it. Like, we're going to make you uncomfortable. People might not like you after this. They might look down on you, but I'm really just going to be really vulnerable tonight. Was something that I've been struggling with, something that, that God has, he's, he's really just, he's been working maybe my whole life on this, and I still just haven't gotten it right, but in this current season that I'm in, um, he's really just been working through me with my pride, and it's even more specific just in, a, you know, general pride. It's, it's the lack of humility I have when I parent, um, and, I, and I don't know why. I got, I got three kids. I love them to death. We've got an 11-year-old We've got an eight-year-old and we've got a six-year-old. All boys, I love them to death. Like, I, I, want the, I want the best for my kids, you know. I want them to be happy. I want them to love Jesus. I want them to just to serve, love people, just pursue the lost. I want everything for them that, you know, that God has called for them. But my parenting has not reflected that. Um, my parenting has not reflected, especially, you know, I haven't been as encouraging as, as I should have. I haven't been as understanding. I haven't really spent the time with them that, that needs to be spent with them. I'm, I, probably, I probably have not been a ton of fun. Probably not been a ton of fun with my kids. And, and in fact, I just feel like, I, I just, ultimately, I haven't been the dad that I feel that God has, has called me to be. I've always felt like he was gonna call me to be a father. I feel like I'm just failing right now. And, uh, and this hit me so hard just recently. I mean, this, is how, this just happened not that long ago, I, and this is about my oldest son. He's here. I didn't even know he was going to be here tonight, so I, I hope this is okay. But um, I don't really travel very far for work. I walk down the hallway, and I sit in an office, and it's in my house. So one morning, it's just a regular morning. We wake up. We kind of sit around the living room. We, we talk. We hang out together. We eat breakfast. And this one morning, uh, Mason, my oldest, he's, he's talking to me and his mom about something that he's interested in, something that he wants to pursue. And I don't necessarily remember the exact words or the exact exchange. I just know that I left that, that environment. I walked to my office. I closed the door, and all I heard was him crying. So down the hall, through a wall, in the kitchen, and I'm in a closed room. All I heard was my oldest son just uncontrollably sobbing. And I know his, his mom was with him, but but, you know, as a parent, you guys, if parents out here, like, if, if you hear your kid crying, you've got, you're doing, like, two things, right? First, you're running to the scene, and it's either to comfort or protect. Like, that's our immediate instinct. And in this moment, I was neither. I couldn't comfort him because I was the one that just hurt him. I couldn't protect him because, well, protecting him was protecting him from myself in this moment. I mean, that hurts so bad. And I, and I don't even really know. Like I said, I don't know what I said. But I know it. his reaction and what happened was not just because of what I said in that moment. It was evident to me that it was a culmination of a lot of actions or a lot of lack of actions, a lot of lack of loving, a lot of lack of understanding, a lot of just lack of spending time with him. And truth is, I had created so much tension out of out of those actions, so much tension in that relationship that it just it broke him. And I I want to encourage you, if you've got any relationships in your life that you have tension, like I want you to use that as a signal that there's pride evident in that relationship. It's a signal that there's an absence of humility. Don't wait too late. Like don't let your relationship get so bad, have so much tension that ultimately somebody breaks. Lay those down in front of God because pride will, it will wreck a relationship. It will just completely destroy you, and it doesn't play favorites. It will come into your family. It will destroy your family. It will destroy your friendships. It will ultimately destroy your relationship with God. Like God don't do pride. Yeah, I said it. Don't do. God don't do pride. Like, he's not about that. James 4, 6 tells us God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. That word is basically saying he is completely against. He's not tolerating it. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, in my relationship with my, my son, I, I, I was no longer feeling God's grace. I knew God grace, he had grace for me, but I was no longer feeling it because I was positioned from a seat of pride. It was my pride that was destroying this relationship this pride. It was a virus in our relationship. It was, it was tearing my relationship with my son apart. It was preventing me from receiving God's grace. I don't want that from you guys. I want you to know that your humility will position you to receive God's grace. God's been teaching me. He's been working on me to reposition myself so that I can receive what he already has for me. He wants to give us that grace. But if we're positioned in a seat of pride, we're not open to receive that and so through life I've learned that you know I need relationships like I need all the people that were on this stage tonight I need you guys I need healthy strong life-giving relationships they're good for my emotional health my physical health my spiritual health but the key to healthy relationship is it's going to come from you being humble it's going to come from humility so that you will be open in that relationship to be surrounded with God's grace. And all you got to do to get it is drop your pride. Leave your pride at the doorstep. Stop looking inwardly. Be receptive to what God is putting in your life. Increase your humility. And he's got, he's got an overwhelming amount of grace for us. He wants to bless those relationships, but we've got to act, guys. We've got to drop our grace. And if you're in a season, maybe, maybe you can relate to any of the stories tonight. Maybe it's, you've been battling some pride. Maybe you've got some relationships that have some tension. Maybe you relate to what Lindsay spoke about, John or Amanda. What I learned from each talk tonight is that our problems aren't always unique, that somebody else is also going through those battles. I could relate to each one of those stories, and I believe there are people out here today that can relate to those stories. There are people out here that are broken that are losing hope. And we don't want that from you guys, okay? We don't want you to lose hope. We don't want you to lose your joy. And tonight, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a call to prayer. In just a few minutes, we're gonna, we're gonna invite people to come receive prayer. We wanna, we wanna pray for you. We wanna pray over you. We wanna help you lay, lay those problems down at the feet of Jesus. Will you pray with me? Lord, we just come to you tonight, Lord, just and in, in in just the ultimate thanks the love that you had for us. Lord, I believe wholeheartedly that there are people here that need to turn something over to you. There are people here today, Lord, that need to come to your feet and just lay it down, Lord. There are people here tonight that need to release the demons that they have in their life, that are preventing them from stepping into the light, stepping into the call, and stepping into the life that you have for them. There are people here. They are not alone and they need prayer. Lord, I just pray and I ask that you give everyone courage tonight. Give them courage to come forward, receive prayer, ask you to come into their life and fix what is broken. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us
1: online at vortexchurch.com.